Good morning, Oliver. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Let's talk a little bit about one point that jumps out to me straight from your notes is that you like U.S. stocks over the international and over the past, call it six months or so, as we've started to get out of COVID, I've heard more and more cases being made for moving outside the domestic trade. Tell me why you want to stick with it. Well, it is absolutely, uh, from a valuation standpoint, if you look at developed international, for example, versus the U.S., um, it, is a, it is a more attractively valued asset class at this juncture, but we also know that we have made better progress in terms of recovery here. So we're willing to stick with what we know is working at this juncture. We've been watching it. We are not terribly underweight. We're more neutral developed international, but we still are leaning into the U.S. because of the strong recovery that we've seen, not just in earnings, but in revenues, and of course, such strong profit margins across many, many sectors. So uh, we are sticking with that call for now. Does it give you any pause when the giants of tech report and uh, nobody wants to buy the stock after? Everybody wants to buy the stock before the earnings and they give us numbers and they just kind of fizzle out. Well, I think if you look at how many managers are, are positioned right now, you don't want to go overweight tech. And I don't think that there are too many folks who are underweight. So I think neutral is the place to be, or maybe just a little over. And you've got it, what, 27% or so of the index. So it's very difficult to push that bet further, given where we are in terms of the growth value rotation. I think that many people are looking at their positions, not willing to go underweight, but not with, willing to push the bet much further at this juncture. So what sectors here stand out to you, uh, Rebecca, in the barbell? How do you uh, get the, the growth side of it without being super heavy into tech? Well, we've kept we've kept the weighting there neutral to slightly overweight, but we've also added back in the industrial space, right? We are focused on things that benefit from this infrastructure spending that we expect to happen over the next several years. Additionally, we've boosted our exposure to financials. And of course, within healthcare, uh, we've boosted our weighting there, but we are focusing on medical devices over broad pharma. Mm. And we also are um, overweight consumer discretionary with plays on the consumer. You know, obviously the consumer is still very strong and we are willing to continue to keep that overweight there too. One of the things within tech uh, is, that I think is interesting is the uh, software and services side you like in particular. Walk me through what you see happening in this group after we finally get through this uh, variant wave or we just continue to push COVID further behind us. Even with this latest surge, we see that uh, some of the COVID players and quarantine stocks uh, haven't been able to get back to their highs. And there's a lot of deals uh, happening in software now. M&A, how does that affect the investment potential return in the space? Well, rather than focusing on that, we are continuing to focus on the consistency of both earnings and revenue. Um, certainly, as folks transition back to a more normal office environment, um, there is the suggestion that perhaps you would not uh, need as much uh, software reliance on it if you're meeting in person and that sort of thing. But we expect the trend to continue because flexibility is going to be key as um, employers are trying to retain workers um, and, and the need for flexibility is going to have to be uh, I think, calculated into that equation as we move forward, regardless of whether or not uh, we are required to go back to work in the office. Okay. Right now, there's uh, this COVID situation still everybody's very well aware of. There's uh, a stimulus and the potential for some of that to uh, dry up the COVID stimulus, uh, maybe kind of turning into more of an infrastructure stimulus. I guess one might, some people describe this to me as risks, Rebecca, but uh, for the most part, they seem pretty known. What's, what's the unknown risk? Is there any, 
any kind of wild card out there that people are missing in their hyper focus still on, on the virus here? Well, perhaps the uh, it's not so much unknown, it's just not been in focus. And I think that's what's going on in Washington. You mentioned infrastructure. Even if that gets passed, you know, there's expectation that it'll move uh, to get passed in the Senate later on this week. But behind that, you still have to resolve the uh, fiscal 2022 budget, as well as that $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill that the Democrats want to get passed. So there is an awful lot that's still going to be uh, spent moving forward. And so you think about the fiscal drag moving into next year with the stimulus rolling off. And also this raises the specter of the whole uh, change in tax policy, both with respect to corporate as well as uh, different tax structure for higher earning individuals. So there's a lot that the market has known about, but hasn't been focused on simply because there hasn't been a lot done in Washington. But over the next few weeks, if we start hearing more noise around potential passage of the of the infrastructure bill and arguing over the second larger bill, I think that that's going to be a distraction for investors and could produce some anxiety, particularly up here at these valuation levels. As far as the market was concerned last year when the relief bills were passed, it unleashed a wave of speculative activity a uh, pretty clear connection at least between some of the funds injected into the economy making their way into uh, the market uh, various markets whether it was stocks crypto uh, pick whichever you want to watch rebecca does that happen again with the next round of stimulus or is this going to be a different type of effect on the economy I think, Oliver, it's going to be a different type of effect on the economy because, number one, it's going to be years in terms of that money flowing into the system, right? These infrastructure bills are for spending to be over a period of years versus the stimulus money that came into the markets last year, and particularly into consumers' hands, which we saw a, a good amount of that spent. The other thing that I think is different this year versus last is we were all focused on recovery last year. That seemed to be the one central theme. Now there are so many different things at play, i.e. a potential deceleration in growth as we look into 2022 for S&P 500 corporations. So how do we reconcile the valuation here at 22 times forward earnings? The fact that you've got simmering tensions with China, you know, that has not been investor focused uh, recently as well. And of course, the infrastructure play and inflation. Um, when we think about what we're hearing from corporate uh, management teams in this earnings reporting period, the inflation word for those folks who are counting has popped up more and more and more. So I think that all these things are going to lead to some headwinds um, as, as we move into the next uh, round of this year, you know, into third quarter.